Welcome to Baseball and Whatever with your host Justin McAwee and Vince Jankwitz. Alrighty, what's up everybody? Uh, episode 101, uh, Baseball and Whatever. I'm Justin. Vinny is on assignments. I talked to him yesterday. He was doing tax stuff for work until 1 a.m. So he is burning the midnight oil. Maybe he'll come on and, and listen while he's working. I... I don't know how he does it. I'm I'm tired already, but he also has two two kids. I only have one. So, um, all right. But anyway, enough of that. We do have another guest co-host this week. We have Chris. You may remember him from our episode where we had him on to discuss what it was like working at Guaranteed Rate Field um, and for the organization and things like that. So, Chris, thank you so much for coming on, man. We appreciate it. Yeah, no, I appreciate having the opportunity to fill in some big shoes. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, Vinny, uh, best of luck with tax season. My my wife used to be a tax accountant, so I totally understand what he's going through, and I don't envy him any bit for it. No, I know how much I hate doing my own taxes. I can't even imagine having to do, like, a business's quarterly stuff no. and, and all that. And, um, yeah, that you know, that's why he makes the big bucks, to which he'd say, I don't make the big bucks. That's probably what, he, that's probably what he'd say. So, um so yeah, so we're gonna talk about a variety, a couple of variety of things. We got your, we got your Cubs talk, we got your White Sox talk. Um, we'll get Chris's thoughts on both teams. Um, obviously, I know he's a he's a pretty big diehard White Sox fan. Uh, and then for whatever, we're gonna shift gears. Chris picked out the topic, and I, this is actually a really cool topic. I had the, I was telling him before the show, I had the damnedest time trying to think of things. So we're gonna we're gonna tweak what I'm gonna have to say. But uh, we are gonna discuss like the top five kid heartthrob um crushes people had on musicians tv actresses movie actors actresses uh you know there was some in the article i found that like characters on tv shows as mm -hmm. opposed to like the actor or actress so we will get into all that um if you were a kid in the 90s i'm sure some of these i ran a few by my wife and she's like oh no that person was a moron <laughs> i didn't have a crush on them so um I don't know the immediate the immediate one that pops out and I won't spoil anything really, but the one that pops out for me, not because I had a crush on them because I didn't, but I just remember like in the nineties, you could not go anywhere with someone not talking about like Jonathan Taylor Thomas and like mm -hmm. the girls in school would just swoon over him and JTT. Yep. I, I saw, I saw a meme the other day. It said, Jonathan Taylor Thomas is now older than Tim Allen was when home improvement started on TV. That makes me feel old. I know. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> like, holy crap. It really, it really, really bumps oh. me out. But we'll get to that in a second. Uh, if you're listening for the first time, thank you so much. Uh, we usually do Chicago sports. Then we do our pop culture segment at the second half, which is our whatever segment. You can reach us in a variety of ways. Uh, tweet us at baseball and what email the show baseball, whatever gmail.com. We are on all your podcast apps of choice. You have the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash baseball and whatever. And you can also text us or leave us a voicemail at 1-913-808-3278. That number again is 1-913-808-3278. All right. So um, I guess we'll start off. I know, Chris, you mentioned a few weeks ago we did a show. Um, we had uh, Jake Panowski from the Dingers podcast on, and we talked about our favorite random Cubs. And I know you said you had a few you wanted to throw out there and, and get my thoughts on them. So I'm going to throw it to you here. What uh, What do you got for me? Yeah, absolutely. I, so these are just guys that whether it's for the name 
for their career and just having kind of a that one-off stint where it's like, oh yeah, that guy did play for the Cubs. <laughs> um, I, it, when I went back and listened to it, it was something that I'm like, okay, I I always hate admitting this, but the the first pro game I ever went to was a Cubs game. Really? And okay, I did was, not know that. It was, and it, it was actually. The it was two years before you and I started playing little league together. Okay, our whole little league team parents took us to a Cubs game, upper deck at Wrigley, and it was Cubs Marlins. And oh, wow, okay, I, well, I remember getting at that time the, the giveaway for the game was these almost mini poster board size um trading cards of every single player on the Cubs, I, no value whatsoever. But I was gonna say, yeah. Uh, you're eight years old. You're like, oh my god, this is the coolest thing in the world. Um, so when you guys had that topic, I'm like, I immediately start thinking back to you know 1996 and you know 95, 96. Like, who were some of the guys around that time that you know you come home from school, Cubs were playing at you know three o'clock in the afternoon, so it was real easy to become familiar with those players. Mm-hmm. Even as a as a huge Sox fan, I'm like, okay, well, it's baseball. I don't care. I'm gonna watch yeah. the game. I just know that I root for the Sox right. more than I'm root for the Cubs. Right. So. Just a few names I wanted to throw out. Yeah. And only one of them is per se um, more recent. Um, yeah. That's my number five guy, which is Mike Fontenot. Oh, yeah. I remember Terrio to Fontenot. <laughs> it was like the French connection, right? Like, yes. And I remember I was so bummed he got, uh, was he traded or did he sign with the Giants? But I remember I was like, oh, man, I, you know, I really liked yeah. him. I thought he was a, a cool, cool. Not, I don't want to call him a utility guy because I don't think that's what he was really. He's just but, a good scrappy yeah, player. Kind of like a grinder, I guess, yes. if you want to use that term, right? So, yeah. Absolutely. And and, and I th- I think the th- what I liked most about just you know a, him as a random Cub is really just the play on the name. I mean, it's Fontenot, but I mean, especially as a Sox fan, it's like, oh, yeah. What about that Fontenot guy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it lends itself perfectly to the inner rival, the rivalry between the two teams, you know? Absolutely. Um my number four guy, most people probably don't remember him playing for the Cubs, mm-hmm. Kenny Lofton. Yes. Oh, man. You want to talk <laughs> about a guy. Um, God, this that would have been the 03 season. Uh, that was the big trade for Rand, not Randall Simon. I'm sorry. It was Kenny Lofton. Uh, hold on. Um, Bobby Hill was from the Cubs. He went to Pittsburgh. Aramis mm-hmm. Ramirez came back. Kenny Lofton came back. And mm-hmm. who am I missing? Was it, it no? It was it was Randall Simon? Was he the third piece? Simon, okay, that's what yes. I thought. Okay, yes, yeah. yeah. Oh, I was waiting to see if you were going to say Ramos Ramirez. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that was that was the most important one in that. You know, I just remember Bobby Hill was like, oh man, he's this up and coming, you know, middle infielder. Yep. And then they shipped him off, and I'm like, you know, now you could ask any Cubs fan, or or let me rephrase that, you could ask anybody in the bleachers, and no one is right? going to know who the hell Bobby Hill is. I guarantee <laughs> exactly. You. So, yeah. <laughs> So, um, and I will openly admit that, but yeah, I remember, uh, Kenny Lofton, it was awesome. I feel like for the longest time, the Cubs always needed, needed a leadoff guy. And he is like the quintessential, um, leadoff guy. You like, you couldn't ask for more. And even at that time, like he was a little bit past his prime, but man, was he good for that? Oh, three season. Absolutely. And, and you know, that was one of probably only a handful of moves. And maybe this is something that you guys can even do later on you and Vinny. Um, is because I feel like it's something that the Sox have a, a s- strong, bad history of doing is 
going after the guys that they've always wanted, but after their prime. Yeah, like five, so six me, years later. Exactly. Right? So, so yeah. to me, that you know, that Kenny Lofton deal. Yes, he he filled that need of being a leadoff hitter. But to me, that was no different than when the Sox went and got Griffey. Yeah. Oh God, that was. <laughs> as somebody who, like, still still kind of follows the Mariners from afar because of Griffey as a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, obviously, yeah. I mean, when we were in Little League, that was the kid, the yes, kid, junior. Exactly. You know, like, um. I remember being like, you know, that's kind of cool to see him play in Chicago. But then once they trotted him out there, I'm like, oh, it, oh, it just no. doesn't fit. <laughs> no, you shouldn't. You sh- you should retire. And then when he went back to Seattle, and I think he fell asleep on the bench one game, and <laughs> like you could see his his rep. He had an interview with Linda Cohen where he acted really strange, and like mm-hmm. you could just see his like um his his like aura was like getting smaller and smaller. And I think he's kind of rebounded now. I know he was one of the oh, yeah. coaches for team USA and things like that. So that was good, but um, yeah. So, yeah, no, it was definitely one of those things where I'm like, ah, man, you know, the, like I said, the Sox have a really bad history of doing that. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, the Cubs, I don't feel have that same bad decision-making. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I do think part of that is because a, a lack of, over loyalty to the people in the front office of the organization. Yes. I love Jerry Reinsdorf, but he is loyal beyond a fault to the most extreme way. And, you know, Kenny Williams, I mean, truth be told, the fact that Carl Crawford never ended up on the Sox is amazing because I, that was always the guy Kenny wanted to get for years. And I bet if he could sign him today, he would. How many, how I feel like how many times did we hear his name with trade offers between going from Tampa to Boston to LA? Is that right? Yes. Those three teams. But yeah. I mean, like in between there, like I remember every trade deadline, it was like, even the Cubs were, there'd be Cubs rumors and it's like, right. all right, we're not going to get him. Can we move no. past it? And <laughs> and then I feel like once he kind of left Tampa, the luster kind of wore off a little bit. Like, I don't, I don't remember oh, yeah. his Boston years and I know his LA years were not very good. No, I mean, it, it, it's by the time he got to LA, he was one of, you know, eight outfielders that yeah. they had. So it was just kind of a, okay, it's a lefty throwing today. Nah, eh, we're not going to play Crawford. Yeah. We'll maybe get him a pinch hit, you know, bat later right. on, let him hit right. for, the, for the pitcher. But yeah, I mean, it's, there's just such a horrible history, but <laughs> kind of sidetracked that. Yeah, for yeah, a little bit. So good. let me, let all me get good. back to my last few guys here. Sure. Um, so we can get into, you know, things that are relevant to now. <laughs> so my third guy is Jeff Blauser. Oh God. Uh, Mr. Like two eleven batting average for like, I know he, yeah. for the Cubs. Yes. I mean, he was, I think he was probably in like the two twenties, but he was always that sustainable, solid Defense, defensive player yes. for Atlanta. Atlanta. For yeah. And I hated him with an absolute passion. Like you, you can ask any of my absolute closest friends. They will tell you that the Braves are the only team that I would root harder against than the Cubs. Really? Well, that's yes. interesting. Any any specific reason why or <sighs> um growing up my grandfather was a huge Braves fan and oh, because okay. they're so successful, I I just kind of adopted the Expos as my National League team. Really? And I think okay. a big part of that was that was the first team I played on in Little League. Yeah. So I was like, yeah. oh, Expos. And they're always going to be the underdog cuz they always suck, but they yeah. always have, you know, I loved Rondell White and Vlad mm-hmm. and you know all these guys. And yeah. I'm like, okay. 
And he just kept jamming it down me like Atlanta. Oh, look what they're doing. Oh, look what they're doing. And I, I always had the respect for, you know, Maddox and, and Glavin, and, Glavin and, Smoltz yeah. and Klesko and McGriff and those guys. Absolutely. Yeah. But I couldn't help but hate them regardless oh, yeah. of how good they were. Totally understandable. <laughs> that's that's that. Oh, God, I, it, it's funny because like as a kid, I feel like I and you probably felt the same way. Like as a kid, I could tell you I could rattle off like every single starting lineup for each team in the league. And, and most of that, honestly, was, yes, watching Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN. But like mm-hmm. a lot of it was like playing RBI 94 on my Genesis and like. Yep. I remember like, oh, the Cubs got this guy. Oh, yeah, I remember playing against him in, with Atlanta. And, oh, yeah, he he wasn't bad. And then, of course, the Cubs got him, and he was terrible. Awful. Yep. Um, yeah, he – yeah, it was – I want to say him and Mickey Morandini were, like, around the same yes. time, maybe, right around yes. that. Yes, but both around the same age, playing for the team at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, not huge money contracts, but right. again, kind of another ode to past their prime. Exactly. Bringing them on. That's the Chicago <laughs> way. I feel like all all the teams do yes. that to a certain extent, or at least did not. Some of them not so much now, but I feel like when we were kids, that was just the the yes. Blackhawks were notorious for mm-hmm. doing that in the nineties um, when they were starting to fall apart. But I absolutely. Digress. So well, that, especially when you know you don't have a TV contract and you're trying to get any fans in the seats oh god that <laughs> I, I used to get so upset when i would ask my parents i'm like are the hawks on they're like no this is it's not a road trip so sorry kiddo you can't watch them this week it, yeah. it still boggles the mind but that's neither true <laughs> <laughs> all right so my second guy ozzy timmons oh um about two or three years he played for the team okay was he i want to say shortstop but i feel like i'm wrong Outfield, center, center field, maybe. Uh, left outfield field, right in general. Field, cor- okay. Yeah, corner okay. outfield. Um, little thicker guy. Um, okay. you know, no speed, but he, you know, if he got if he got some solid wood on the ball, it, it was going it was good. You know, yeah. yeah. Um, he's just one of those guys that I I don't know why. There's something about his name that just it it sounds good in the ears. I, yeah. I don't get it. I don't know. <laughs> He's he's got like you expect like half of Ozzy Smith and for some reason I'm thinking of like I don't know I don't know what else I'm thinking of and then and then you see him and you're like oh no you are you are not that you are no. you are much different than that <laughs> but if you if you make if you make good connection with the ball you have a chance of putting it somewhere so of course and the last one that I had I, and I will give my one honorable mention mm-hmm. um, before I go to my number one guy my honorable mention and it's just because he was a Sox player who was really. He wasn't great, but he was really good and solid for the Sox, but he was terrible for the Cubs. Mm-hmm. Bobby Howery. Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> I think he was 62 on the Cubs. I don't know what he was on the White Sox. Uh, yeah, and he he was the same for the Sox. Yep. Okay. He he was a guy, I feel like, at least with the Cubs, because I don't, I, I remember him being on the White Sox, but I remember on the Cubs, he was a guy that there was a stretch where he was like, wow, like this guy could be. a a decent setup guy or like they even might use him as a closer occasionally. And then, then he would go on a, on a, on a terror of like the opposite direction for like a week and a half where Mm -hmm. he couldn't get anyone out. And then after a while it was like, all right, please do not run this guy out there anymore. And right. He, I mean, he, he had a decent career though, as a reliever, I want to say, right. I mean, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he was decent with the Sox. again, crap with the Cubs. He was decent for like a year, I believe with Mm -hmm. Oakland. Okay. Um, and he ended up in one other spot. I want to say Toronto, but I don't 
recall for sure. Okay. Um, but yeah, I just a guy that I'm like, he kind of came out of nowhere with the socks where it's like, okay, in-house guy, nothing special. And he's doing his job. Great. Mm-hmm. Like better than most of the bullpen at that time was doing. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, so he's kind of one of those hot market relievers right now. Cubs pick him up and <laughs> yeah, takes a complete nosedive. Yeah. Yep. I hear you. Well, that, um, that's a pretty good list. No, absolutely. And last guy I had strictly for name. Okay. Amari Telemaco. Uh, he was a starting pitcher for the Cubs. Yes. yes. Yep. Around 96. He, I remember him and Juan Cruz. For some reason, I always think of those two together. I don't yep. know why, even though I Juan, Juan Cruz was just in, in Te- Telemaco. I, I remember, but Juan Cruz was just such a like lanky, skinny guy that like you'd, you'd swear he would break in half. But Telemaco, mm. I just remember, um, Gosh, would yeah, Harry Carey would have still been around. I want to say at yes. that point, right? And I remember yes. him vaguely having fun with that last name um, for some reason because I know it, he used to do. It was like definitely a, a struggle for him to pronounce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've 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 gone back. That's like my go-to now when I want to take a nap. Uh, the when I have the time, when my wife's willing to take our daughter for a little while, like I will put on an old mm. classic like Cubs game. And I didn't realize at the time, like when I was watching the Cubs games, it was like 97, 98 after Harry had one of his le- second stroke, third stroke. I don't remember how many, whatever it was, but near the end. And then you'd go back and listen to, I'd listen to a game from like 92, 93 and it's night and day. And you can kind of just see how it's kind of taken yeah. its toll on him. But you're right. Those, those middle 90 seasons, some of those guys names and thankfully like he played into it, like he enjoyed it, you know? And I think Ron Santo did a little bit of that too on the radio when he was still around. Yep. But uh, man, oh, that's a name I have not heard in a long time. <laughs> I couldn't even tell you where that guy went after the Cubs. So he he could have disappeared into thin air for all I know. But he he, uh, he actually went to Philadelphia for years. Believe it Did or he really? not, really? Okay, yeah. So his rookie year was '96. He played for the Cubs for two seasons, mm-hmm. and he ended up playing all the way through 2005. Really? Yes. Wow! <laughs> Holy cow! Yes, totally random. But he he uh, actually let me correct myself. He was at in Arizona for part of 98 and then okay. and part of 99. And then he was Philadelphia the rest of the way. Wow. Yeah. Huh? I guess he caught on. He, <laughs> I would have never thought well, that is a Cubs fan in, in the nineties. I would have been like, Oh, this is just some guy. He's a, he's somebody to throw in the rotation and that's about it. Pretty much. I, the, I, through his career. I mean, the only team that was actually successful that he was on was Arizona. Yeah. Yeah, he was you only know. there for a little bit, right? Right, like, and he was there was for it. half a season. <laughs> so I'm starting to think maybe he wasn't the reason they were successful. I'm going to call it a hunt. No, no, definitely so, not. <laughs> awesome. Well, man, I talk about a blast on memory lane. Well, thank you for, for putting that together. I appreciate it. Um, all right, let's say we get to some baseball talk. Let me play the drop here. Here we go. Baseball. Welcome back to Major League Baseball. Sort of. Taking a look at Chicago's two favorite teams and other happenings around the MLB. All right, Chris, since you are the guest co-host this week, I'm going to say let's start with the the Southside hitmen themselves. The good guys were black. Um, Where do you want to start with the White Sox? I know there's a variety of things. If I'm not mistaken, I feel like uh, Luis Roberts back. But mm-hmm. Eloy, did Eloy get hurt again recently? <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, he, he went down, but he is on pace uh, to be back 
hopefully beginning of next week. Okay. Uh, he's, he had his first rehab assignment uh, at AA yesterday, went over three, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so still, you know, got to work out some kinks and, yeah. and I don't, I don't think that they're trying to rush him. Um, but at the same time, I mean, he, he is coming off having an emergency appendectomy. Oh yeah. It's nothing to mess around with. Yeah. No, I mean, I I've had it myself and it's certainly, you know, walking around to do work is one thing. It's another to run around a baseball field yeah, and playing a you know, chase down a baseball. <laughs> yes. And the, the last thing you want to do is, I mean, granted, I know he was DHing for a lot of the season, but like the last thing you want to do is put him into an outfield and having him shag fly balls when he's already, at least from a casual observer of the White Sox, maybe not the best outfielder on the team. Uh, or maybe not one of the top three outfielders on the team, I guess would be maybe the better way to put it. But he's not one of the top nine outfielders on the team. <laughs> and, and that's that's with complete respect to to Eloy. Um, yeah. but he's not he's not on the team for his defensive prowess. It is definitely for the bat. And um, you know, but even that, I mean, again, appendectomy, it's all torque in, in the hips yeah. and the stomach at that point. I mean, so that's definitely if he can get through that pain, I mean, kudos to that guy. Right. But yeah, there's no part of me that wants to see him in the outfield for any reason. No. Um no. if it if it means sparing us, you know, putting um, you know, an Adam Eaton type player out there who's gonna, you know, who can't hit at all, mm-hmm. then I guess put him in left field if you have to. But right. I, I gotta imagine that we're we're looking at some better options than really putting him in the field and just let the guy DH. I don't wanna have two catchers in the lineup every day with Yasmani, you know, DHing and having Sebi Zavala behind the plate. I mean, it's so much hope for this team um, the past couple of years and underperformance is uh, about the only way to describe it. There mm-hmm. has been obviously a plague of injuries that continues mm-hmm. to happen. I mean, yeah. you know, no joke, you know, spring training hit this year and, it's like, all right, if we stay healthy, we're good. First week of spring training, like three guys go down. Yeah. All right, so here we are yeah. back to 2022 all over again. And it's pretty much kind of carried out that way, unfortunately. I mean, you're looking at a team that, um, you know, they're, they're seven, even with tonight's loss, they're seven and three in their last 10 games. So you're going the right direction, but they're still 10 games under 500. The, the only positive of that is that they're in the, crappiest division in baseball right now i mean when you're 10 games under 500 and you're six games out of the division lead i I don't i don't know how else to describe that other than a really bad division yeah i mean i'm looking at the standings right now and the twins are in first and they're literally two games over 500 that's it you know what i mean and i i still you know the tigers are in second they're two games back but i gotta think like that's that's not real right no, like they're not no. they're not ready to compete i mean i know no. they got they got javi and I, I couldn't tell you who else they have on that team because it's exactly a bunch of nobodies but you know uh miguel cabrera is still collecting a paycheck out there but um yep. yeah I, I i'm curious like from like as a cubs fan like watching them and in kind of you know appreciating what rick Hahn or kenny or whoever started to build up that open that window so that they could compete in like last year being like, wow, I remember on our, sh- our prediction show we had last year, I think Vinny, me and Greg at the time, I think we all picked like the white Sox to win the division. And then like, Oh, mm-hmm. and I know those two had them in the world series. And I don't think I was that on board, but um, 
like it was just a done deal. Like they are so competitive. They are the you know Ziv's projections in in mm-hmm. Pagoda P- Pagoda. Sorry, um, you know looked so good. And then last season was just so I felt so bad. Like that team broke Greg and like and now I text with him about the White Sox and he's like I can't watch them right now. Like even though they've kind of started to rebound a little bit, he's like that organization has broken me. Mm-hmm. He's like, I play MLB the show now for baseball, and that's where I get my baseball fix. He's like, but I can't do it anymore for the time being. And like for, for him to be like, he is probably the biggest diehard Sox fan I know. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I mean, I'm curious, like, have you felt like like you need to not distance yourself from the team? Because that's not that's not what I'm going for. But like, have you ever gotten to the point where you're like, I don't even know what to say anymore about this team? Like, this is not where they should be. I mean, I know last year you had like Tony LaRussa and all that stuff. And then this year you had all the stuff with Clevenger to start the season. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, uh, I know Rick Hahn was kind of, I wouldn't say going, not going after. He was kind of defending some of his moves and stuff to the media. And that kind of got a little testy, but Mm-hmm. Like as a fan, like what, what is your mindset? Are you still in the mm-hmm. idea that the window is still open or are you just more like, Hey, let's just get to the playoffs and hope, hope something goes our way. Once we get there, you know, Justin, it's been, um, two to, to three years of just kind of a bad dream. Yeah. It is really kind of, I think the best way for me to put it, because like you said, the, it's not this year has probably been the only season of the past three where I've been like, okay, uh, we're going to have to work to win the division. We, we can be competitive for the division, but we're going to have to work where last year and the year before I I was kind of like you guys, it was like, it's the Sox division. It's a done deal. Yeah. Right. This is, this is a guarantee. Let's just figure out, you know, where we're going to be at in the playoffs and and who's going to be the competition. Mm -hmm. Um, and this year, you know, you have new manager, a rookie manager coming mm-hmm. in. Like you said, Clevenger, Han, I understand him defending sure. uh, his moves 100%. Sure. I mean, as he should. It, I do feel like the window is closing um, quite quickly, though. Yeah. And, and that's mostly because of the fact that the players that are there and were already there to start this process mm-hmm. are now coming up on those contract years uh, yep. within the next year or two. As far as like the bigger guys, um, you know, the Giolitos and, you know, Tim Anderson, he's still got another couple years, but he's also been vocal about, I don't know if I want to be here. Right. And, and, and he's, I mean, he's the clubhouse leader at the end of the day. He might not be the oldest guy in the clubhouse, but he is the mouthpiece for the clubhouse. Yes. And when he's saying, I don't know that this is where I want to be. That is definitely going to, you know, strike some chords, not in a good way. Yeah. Well, I mean, even like, was it last week or two weeks ago? I feel like it was like uh, Watergate with trying to read lips of like, well, did he say when, when with the, uh, with the umpire, it was either, did he say, I don't want to be here anymore or I can't stand this pitch clock or like, it was, it was so silly. I'm like, (laughs) you know, I mean, I remember in Philly, that was it. Uh, God, who was it? It wasn't, was it Reese Hoskins that said about, I don't want to be here anymore. And then he had to yes. come out and do like his own little Mia culpa and be like, no, I didn't mean that. Everyone yeah. says things when they're having a bad day. And like, right. I know, I know me like playing in a silly, stupid men's league for hockey. Like if there's a game where I 
skate like shit and I play awful and I don't do a lot. I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. And then the next week I go out there and I'm like, oh, I actually didn't do too bad. Like, oh, oh yeah, I love hockey. Like hockey's great. So right. like, and that's just me doing it for fun on the side. So I, right. I, I feel like I would love to know like the tell all book of what's going on behind the scenes. If there is stuff that's going on behind the scenes or just like the tell all book between the dynamic between Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams and Jerry yeah. Reinsdorf, like there's gotta be so many stories there um yeah i i honestly don't know like i want to see the Sox succeed i have a lot of Sox fans family members that are Sox fans and it's like you when you go through that rebuild process and you can see like the gears turning and you're literally working your way up the mountain and things are going well and you're accruing draft picks and those draft mm-hmm. picks are panning out and you're making trades to get good prospects right. and they're turning out And then when you're at the pinnacle of like, all right, this is our year and like just nothing goes right, whether it's injuries or management issues or dysfunction in the team. Like, I feel like for the Cubs, you know, the more I think about it, like they got so lucky that one year in 2016 that all their guys hit. Now, I wouldn't say they hit permanently because then some of them literally disappeared after that 26 (laughs) season. You never heard from them again because... Well, I don't know what Chris Bryant's doing in, in Colorado right now, but um, like for, for it to all work out and like, I think they were like one of the most historic, like defensive strong teams or whatever, yeah. but like then the next season you, your defensive uh, statistics are awful. Like right. it's just so hit or miss and for White Sox fans to be like, all right, this is what we're doing. And Rick Hahn being out there, you know, selling this idea and everyone buying in and like, all right, it's here. Oh, and it's like, and then you look at the division, like, yeah, we're six games out, but it's like, we're in fourth place. We should not be behind, you know, X, Y, and Z. So I, I think think that's one of the biggest challenges too, for, for the, the real diehard Sox fans is every, I don't think you can talk to any one of us and, Mm -hmm. and have any one of us say that we weren't fully supportive of Rick Hahn. Yeah. Going into this role after you know Kenny got his promotion to his make believe position, <laughs> um, that for should just not exist. I I, I have um, I have zero use for Kenny Williams whatsoever within yeah. the within the organization. Um, but everybody was so supportive of of Rick jumping into this role because they're like, hey, he was the backbone behind Kenny bringing all these guys in, getting us into the World Series, winning the World Series. And and helping you know grow what that was, and then build up this farm system, and then like you said, all of these these right things happen. You trade, you know, Adam Eaton for Giolito, and yeah, all I these still, prospects yeah. where you're like, oh my god, we just made out like bandits on some of these moves. I mean, Chris Sale for Kopech and Mancada, and yeah. you're like, okay, the only reason that that to this point has probably worked in our favor a little bit is because salesmen hurt so much. Right. You could also counter argue that to say Chris Sal won a world series with them. So I, yeah, I guess, it's, you know, yeah, it's a wash. Um, yeah. But yeah, to, to be there and, and say, Hey, okay, we've made the playoffs. We're right where we're supposed to be. And that's as far as it goes. It, yeah. it you, you don't get over that hump and then you're battling to just get there the next couple of years still. Yeah. It, and in a division where you shouldn't be having to battle so hard. No, you should be able to just run away with it. Run. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Th- don't get me wrong. Cleveland had like uh, a way overproductive year last year. I don't think anybody expected that from them being as young as they were. I mean, you had Jose Ramirez and the team. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, even, pretty much. and even this year, they, they're basically still the same, but they have a lot of highly touted prospects that are, especially right. pitching wise, that are really starting to show out. So they're going to be, to me, them and the Sox should still be the two teams in this division. Minnesota, I think, just overpaid for, for a handful of guys. Um, and I think they're starting to realize that, that they're just not shaping out. I mean, Byron Buxton is a great player, but he, I mean, he's a, D, he's a DH that yeah. can run when yeah. he's healthy. Exactly. And yeah. when he, when he does get hurt, it's always the legs. Oh, so you got a, a 200, a 230 home run guy who, if he's healthy, can right. steal 25 bags. If not, he's Adam Dunn. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny. I remember he he had a collision with somebody. This was probably about a month ago, first couple of weeks of the season. And on it was like on the Twins Twitter account, and they were showing it like, oh, he, you know, Byron's okay. And I remember I made some comment, and I usually don't do that because I usually just follow people and listen, read on Twitter. Mm-hmm. But I was like, oh, you know, is is he still walking after that collision? And some Twins fan came at me. Well, you don't know what you're talking about. He's he's fine. He's healthy. And I'm like, okay, calm down. Like. <laughs> Give it another week, and then we'll see if he's on the IL, and then you come talk to me. But like you said, amazingly talented guy, yep. but just can't stay healthy. And, I mean, he got a pretty good contract. So, um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I wish all the best to the White Sox and White Sox fans. I mean, I keep hoping they'll go on a run and kind of at least get closer and, and start to leapfrog a couple of those teams in between, like Detroit and Cleveland. Right. And, and, I mean, thankfully, Kansas City is – far behind them still they're I think still right. Kansas City yeah which that, that's a whole nother topic right. for another day but I mean and I think the two the two biggest positives that that they have that the Sox have going for them right now is um you know you've got like we already mentioned Eloy coming back hopefully in the next you know seven days give or take mm-hmm. and not to be forgotten Liam Hendricks yes after, after beating cancer cancer Hodgkin's yeah. lymphoma um you know that, that that's an amazing feat to to beat cancer and say I'm gonna go play major league baseball again again in, in, yeah. in a couple months like yeah now granted I mean it was they caught it early so mm-hmm. his, his battle was probably not as severe as many people sure. ha- that have battled it sure um, but that doesn't that's not take anything away from no him. He still had no. to go through and and just what that rehab and recovery and to still go out there and say or, and look at this guy and be like Wow, he can still throw a ninety-eight mile an hour fastball, and he can still throw a ninety-two mile an hour slider. Oh shit! Yeah, like that—that's that is impressive. So I, I think you know having those two guys come back, I think that's going to pump a little bit of life into this team. And the fact that you finally have at least—and it's brief—but at least in his last two starts, Michael Kopech looking like the guy that they expected him exactly. to be. He's exactly, he's got two, his last two starts. He's got fifteen innings pitched. 19 strikeouts, both quality starts, only three hits and one walk. That's that's pretty. I mean, I feel like that's what everyone's been waiting for, right? Exactly. Like, I just remember when they brought when they had him and they brought him in. It's like this. You wait until you see this guy, and I feel like he's finally starting to put it together. And if that's the case, then like look out, uh, you know, because he's going to be really, really good, and, and hopefully, hopefully things go well for him. I mean, he, he definitely deserves it. So, um, all right. Any last words on the white Sox before we move on to the Cubs? Stop shitting the bed and win. (laughs) (laughs) I know that feeling all too well when it comes to baseball Um, (laughs) with the Cubs. Yeah. I mean, I feel like at some point they gotta, they gotta turn it around. And if, 
and if they don't do it this season, I feel like you're really trying to you're you're really trying to you know make it another year next year and run it back. And it's like, oh man, if you didn't, it's just going to get harder and harder as the years go on. Like you said, with contracts right. and and things going on and players getting older and moving guys out, it's it's not going to get easier, you know. So, but I, and I do think though, that at least at least going towards the Cubs, I, I do feel that, you know, that they made some good moves this, mm-hmm. this last off season. You know, I, I was, I was truly surprised that, you know, Dansby was the guy that they ended up with. Yeah, me too. Um, I mean, I knew they were getting a shortstop that there was no question. They were getting yeah. one. It was just a matter of who I just didn't expect it to be him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I'm like, okay, he's going to be productive but only as productive as where he is in the lineup. If the guys right. around him are are not doing what they're capable of, he's going to look worse than what he actually is. Exactly. And, which which is not really fair to him. And, and I and Correct. You can truly say it about like any player, but when you're spending that kind of money on a guy, you need to make sure that you know he's not going to stick out like a sore thumb in a lineup. Yeah. You're 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 spot on. Yeah. I mean like he, I want to say someone I saw on Twitter, someone had pr- uh, put up the stats. Uh, it was both, you know, current stats and then like the advanced stats and analytics for him and Trey Turner. And they were literally like spot on identical. And obviously Dansby's wow. contracts a little bit more palatable um, in terms Absolutely. of years and, and price. I'm, I was still shocked when he was the only one left. I'm like, all right, here we go. We're going to have to pay like 10, 11 years, l- like, like Xander Bogart's contract style. Right. And I'm like, ah, oh, you know, I don't know. That's just such a long, such a long time. And then mm-hmm. when it came out, I was like, oh, seven years and the money was comparable. I'm like, oh, I'm like, all right, that's, that's, that's doable. Like that's manageable. Oh, um, for sure. Yeah. I, I, for the Cubs, at least for me, like, I know, like we were talking before the show started, they, they got blown out tonight, 10 to one by the Mets, which is a bummer. Hendricks first game back in 10 months, maybe I want to say he yeah. was put off at the end of July last year so. Um, last night was a lot of fun because Stroman was just on a roll and man, I, you know, he had, he had a couple rough months to start his Cubs tenure. And then I feel like after like the midway point of last season to now, it's just like quality start after quality start. And the guy is just electric. And and he was, uh, he was awesome last night to watch. He was just in the zone. Um, and, and as somebody who, well-documented does not like Mets fans because I find them very annoying Um, in my, in my endeavors at Wrigley. uh, It was great to see them lose. And I know they were very upset, but yeah, tonight was kind of a beat down. I still, I don't know what this team is. I mean, they're sitting there four and a half back in the division. Pittsburgh is two and a half games ahead of them. I just like we were talking about with, uh, with Detroit. I don't think Pittsburgh's like ready for prime time yet. I don't, no. You know, I don't I don't think it's their time yet. The Cardinals, um, you know, I know we had Kelsey on from from Peace Love and Baseball a couple weeks ago, and I was joking with her. I'm like, watch, you you watch what happens. They're gonna pass the Cubs. And I know for a while last week they did because she tweeted it at me and le- reminded me that's what I said. <laughs> um, you know, St. Louis is a game behind them, and I don't care how bad they are, I will still be afraid of that team no matter where they are. You have and, to be. And it pains me because I can't stand them and all they stand for and, and all the garbage their fans spew. Um, <laughs> no offense, Kelsey. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Kelsey. Kelsey, you're <laughs> awesome. I, I know sometimes she listens. Kelsey, we need to have you on again. Uh, Kelsey is, she is, 
exempt from from that. Um, but yeah, like in Milwaukee, I don't know. I feel like Milwaukee's just like the de facto leader right now, just because nobody's really stepped up and claim it. I mean, they're only five games ahead of, or five, not five games ahead, but five games above five hundred. And I don't know if they necessarily have the roster to withstand it. Um, the Cubs, though, have just, I mean, they had a losing streak there for a while that was rough. The bullpen, though, is the is the current problem. They, you know, they they've they sent Keegan Thompson back down to Iowa, who I really liked last year. Uh, and he got smoked in his first game back in AAA the other night. So that's kind of concerning. Granted, it's just one outing, so maybe there's not too much to read in it. Hayden Wesneski looked great in spring training, and then the season started, and I couldn't tell you what's going on there. Yeah. Um, you he, know, he looked like a guy that was going to come in and just fireball, just strike. Oh yeah, like his crazy. slider is insane. Yeah. I, I thought um, I'm yeah. like, this guy's going to you know throw 200 strikeouts up there. Yeah, if if he really continues this pace and then right. excuse me, same thing. I, I'm like, wait a minute, what happened to this guy? Like, yeah. I, you know, it's <laughs> funny. I saw, I was reading some articles on the athletic and, and about him and the Yankees and Cubs trade and like who <clears throat> won that. And there was a bunch of Yankees fans in the comments saying like, you know, Brian Cashman knew what he was doing. Like it, we didn't want him. And I'm like, okay, well maybe, I'm not going to say no, yes or no, but like mm -hmm. give it some time. But yes, he, he did not look good to start the season. And again, I don't know. It was like someone flipped a switch. He had this amazing run and granted it was spring training. But then once the season started, it was like, Oh, Oh man. Oh, Oh, stop. Stop doing that. Don't, mm -hmm. don't do that. So, um, but what I am curious about because you are the white Sox fan is uh, poor Nick magical was optioned to triple a. I'm curious, what is your stance on Nick Madrigal as a as he was a former White Sox? What does it take to get him back? I want him back. <laughs> you want him back? I, I want oh, him back man. because I just I can't um, I can't do Elvis Andrus at second base. Oh God, that's not and, going well. Now, don't get me wrong. I admittedly I was happy when when they you know re-signed him. Yeah, because. When the, when he came over to the team last year for the last you know month month and a half he blew up he yeah. went absolutely bonkers. he went nuts. Like, yeah yeah and I'm like okay maybe it's truly just the ballpark it's a hitter friendly ballpark mm -hmm. why not sure let's, let's give it a shot sure um and and then you know there's obviously some value when Anderson's down but mm -hmm. he's not a second baseman um and truly I mean Madrigal's just that guy that he's your prototypical like eight, nine hitter. He's just, he's a slapper that's going to get on base. He's outside of his rookie year is a relatively smart pace runner. He, I remember making some really poor decisions there. I think this, him being optioned down is literally just a more factored in by the, you've got Horner at second, you've got Dansby at short, you got wisdom at third. Are you going to take the power or are you going to take the defense and contact, which I know offensively Madrigal has been down this year. Yeah. Um, but I do think that, you know, he brings enough value. I just don't know if there's a spot for him in the Cubs infield right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I was very surprised when they broke camp in spring training that he was on the roster and Christopher Morrell wasn't because I would take Christopher Morrell every day over Nick magical no, and nothing against him. I think he's a very serviceable utility guy, I guess. I mean, I know I got them playing. He's, they got him right. playing at third and in spring training, you know, seeing him make that throw. I was like, Oh, 
you are putting everything you got in it, bro. <laughs> it's and like throwing like, a 16 inch softball for him. I know. I'm like, dude, I know how you feel because that's why I never played third base. That's why I was at second because I didn't have the arm for it. So, um, yeah. And like, so I mean, Chris, Christopher Morales is in it's he's like insane right now with how yeah. well he's playing. I just feel like for them to be successful, they need to get him in the lineup every day. I know he DH'd last night. Patrick Wisdom started off really hot and he's really regressing. He's having a lot of yeah. trouble. So, you know, if you want to give Morel more starts at third, I know that's not ne- technically his natural position. Um, right. I know he played in Iowa. He was playing center field like nonstop, um, mm-hmm. which when Bellinger comes back, you know, if in, unless he's going to be out for a significant time, like there, there's your go to right there. Right. Um, you know, is he the center fielder of the future? But then I know they have other guys, you know, working their way. You know, Pete Crow Armstrong is knocking. Right. What do you do with him then? But um, yeah, you you need Morel to play, whether it's at third, DH, give uh, you know, move Nico somewhere for a little bit, give him a night off, um, or or have him play out in the outfield, even if he's not one of the better he won't be necessarily the best corner outfielder because that's not where he normally plays. But right. you need his bat in the lineup. The other thing that's been kind of surprising, and he's kind of started to turn it around a little bit, was Matt Mervis because the first couple of weeks he was up. Yeah. That was rough. And I just remember watching some of the some of the at bats he had, and it's like Oh, are you just going to be like a four A guy? Because man, some of the some of some of them, it was like he had forgotten all his. And granted, I'm not one. I couldn't tell you what pitch is coming out of the guy's hand when I when it's coming at me 95 miles an hour. So I know that's that's a skill I do not have. But like, it was almost like he had forgotten what made him so well in AAA. And granted, I know AAA is not the majors, but you think, man, like he. So he's finally. I know he had a good game. I think he had three RBIs last night against the Mets. So I'm hoping maybe it was just like a little bit of culture shock. Like, holy cow, I'm in the majors and this is not what I'm used to. And I got to adjust um, because I'd love to see him do well. Um, and and you need between him and Mancini. Those are going to be your first baseman for the long haul, at least for this season, because they DFA'd Hosmer, which is fine. I, you know, right. That, that was a bad deal in the first place. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I saw people saying like, no, you can't DFA him right away because then, you know, uh, future free agents aren't going to want to come here. And I'm like, what? Like, I'm, I, I go, if anything, you just proved your own point wrong, because if I'm a free agent, I'm sitting here and I'm looking like they won't DFA that guy because they feel bad. It's like, well, right. I don't want to go to that team because they don't care about winning. You know what I mean? Like, right. Exactly. That It's like saying, I'm going to pay this guy to play for my team based on what he did five years ago. Exactly. I mean, which is really what, what they did. And that's what the Padres did when they gave him all that money too. Absolutely. Right? Like I mean, I, it, what, as soon as, as soon as I saw him get signed for the league minimum by the Cubs, I just kept thinking of the scene in Moneyball where they're talking yes. to David justice. And yes. they're like, <laughs> How much do you make? No, you. I make you make this much for me. The other team's yes. paying you to yeah. go away and yeah, not the play. The Yankees for them. are paying you fifteen million to play against them. me. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, um, I mean, I don't, I don't have too much else for the Cubs. I mean, I feel like it's just going to be an up and down season, uh, unlike the White Sox, um, where I feel like th- this is their time. They should be, they should be competing. Like if the Cubs finish fighting for a wild card spot and they don't make it. And maybe this is what makes me a bad or makes me a problem as a Cubs fan. Like if, if they get close and they're competing at least in September, late August for a wild card spot, I will genuinely be happy because of what we've seen the last couple seasons. I would love to get, make, see them make the playoffs. I don't think they're ready to make any waves if they do, but um, 
you know, those first few weeks, it was like, holy cow, this is so nice to see. And then they started to fall back to earth a little bit. And now we're kind of just ebbing and flowing. And really, if if they could finish near 500 this season, I think I would take that as a win. You know, yeah. so no, I, we'll, see, I, I we'll think, see what happens. I think that's a, that's a fair assessment of of where the Cubs are going to be. I, I truly think I, I don't think that the expectation for end of season record for the Cubs and Sox is really any different. I think I think the expectation is that both teams are going to be right around that 500 and that that's considered, you know, kind of a win. Yeah, it's a victory. Um, yeah. But I do think strictly because of divisions, mm-hmm. the Sox expectation is higher because you are in that crappier division that is it's known that you can be around 500 and win your division right. with the Cubs. You're going to be 500 and you're probably going to be third place in your division. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, realistically, yeah, and especially if the Cardinals are a good team, and then you have the Brewers who are sitting right behind them, and then yeah, then yeah. the Cubs, and then you have the lowly Pirates and the Reds, which I don't know what the Reds are doing at this point, but I, yeah, the, the, I mean, the Reds, I think are they're going for the uh, the tanking mentality yeah. at this point. I mean, and, and I think that's the craziest part is, uh, you know, when you look at the Sox, they actually have the third worst record in baseball right now. Wow the third worst record and they still are in their division. Yeah, that's like, that's yeah. <laughs> and, and granted it's but it's so lopsided in the NL West and in the AL East because all of those teams almost all of those teams are at 500 or better. Right. You know, so it's just yeah. it's so crazy how the league is skewed in that manner. It's it's insane, like you said, bringing up the especially the AL East. That is a division I would hate to play in because you can have a good quote unquote a good year, yeah. and finish fourth in the division and be like, I didn't we didn't even get close to sniffing a playoff spot. You right? Know what I, mean? I, I so, don't I don't want to be a GM of one of those teams. Be, no, e- I mean truly, even you know the Yankees with an unlimited payroll, it doesn't matter no. because w- when you have a team like the Rays, who historically has a lower payroll than most yep. teams. And they're still always competing because they know how to grow the prospects and they're very good at drafting. Right. It's, it's just, it's truly impressive what that team does. I mean, and a team like the Oreos, their prospects are starting to finally come into their own. Do I think that they're a pretender at the end of the day? Yes. Probably. Yeah. But they're still a team that may end up being at 500 and finish last in that division. Yeah. I, I pulled up the AL East right now. The Blue Jays are in last in their division and they are a game over 500. They're 10 right. and a half back, which is just, it's, it's mind blowing. <laughs> so, um, all right, well, should we switch gears to the, whatever? Are you ready? I am ready. All right, here we go. Now it's time for whatever, 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 whatever whatever all right we are ready to go uh we're gonna do the whatever segment i'm just writing down the timestamp so i can edit that later um all right so for this week uh chris picks we are gonna discuss his top five um tv movie musician famous person character from childhood uh crushes or you know, teen heartthrob, so to speak. Um, and I found a cool, uh, pretty good BuzzFeed article about the exact same topic. Because I'll be honest, I had a hard time. I'm like, I don't, I, I, there's so many different ways to go. It was like all encompassing. It was like, I didn't, I, I couldn't choose. So, and, uh, and I think yeah. that I, and t- I mean, to be fair, I had my difficulties as well because I'm like, okay, when I phrased it to you 
as kind of what do we do for this for a topic? Mm-hmm. And I said childhood. I'm like, okay, if I'm gonna take that as legitimately and and specific as I can, I'm thinking any any crush that I had uh, on a celebrity or or famous individual, um, basically before I was you know considered a teenager. Sure. Because sure. as soon as you know you hit you know 13, 14 years old, it's like, okay, well, now somebody who you know was considered a either you know a heartthrob or you know the, the hot girl on, on TV maybe was when I was a kid, but I didn't really notice them until I was a teenager because it's like, ah, yeah, but yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're, like, they're really more of an adult role, you right. know. Like right. to give an example, Jennifer Aniston. Sure. I thought she was smoking once i was a teenager but as a kid i'm like ah she's on a show with a bunch of her friends who are yeah, all she's adults. Like, i don't really care yeah yeah exactly right <laughs> right um all right so so there's kind of the synopsis of where this came from um all right so chris why don't we we'll we'll go through your list and after each one you do i'll read one from this article because there's a few on this article i think that are probably going to show up i know my one of the ones my wife wrote in uh is on this article too and She's brought this guy up multiple times. I'm like, "Mm, he seems kind of like a nerd to me. But anyway, (laughs) maybe that's why she married me. I don't know. Um, All right. So who's number five on your list? All right. So my number five is Mariah Carey. Oh, God. I didn't even think about that. That's a good one. Okay. So give us us the rationale there. So I was a a sucker for um music videos i mean i just mm-hmm. i if i wasn't watching sports i was pretty much watching music videos yeah. um you know if, if the tv was on and that was just she was kind of you know the girl i mean mm-hmm. and and i guess unbeknownst to me subconsciously uh, i was like okay i i apparently got a thing for you know for a curvy girl who's who can belt a tune Right, right. Can reach whatever <laughs> note or octave she's known for reaching. Right? Yeah, so, I, it was just impressive, and and I think just the way that, um, you know, and again, the '90s, it was, it what was considered you know sexy or in the '90s. Now, I mean, two totally different tame, worlds. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's like, oh man, like she was you know just a smoke show in, in the music video, um, and you're like, okay, all right, I. I can keep watching her. I, I don't care what her music is. I right. like watching what she's doing in this video. <laughs> What's gosh there. I remember there was, there was one of the music videos I want to say was like, was she, I can't remember what, it wasn't notorious. Maybe, oh no, it wasn't notorious. BG. Was it when he was still puff daddy? They yeah. were like spies maybe. And like, I remember being on like a speedboat and it had like yes. a sepia tone. Like it yes. wasn't okay. I couldn't tell you yeah. what song yeah, that she was. Had a white bikini on. Yeah. I remember that. I remember that music video. And then also the one where they're at the theme park. Is yes. that heartbreaker? Yes. I okay. uh, I, yeah, maybe. I, I don't maybe. know. I, I know a few of her songs, but I couldn't tell you much, but right. that, right, that's well, how that's, much I memorized the music. There, there you go. That's an interesting <laughs> one. All right, we're going to start off from this article. This was number two, so I'm reading this from BuzzFeed. This was from May 12th of last year. Um, well, let's see, what do they call it? TV and movie characters 90s kids had a crush on. This is their number two, and I'm going to read this one uh, because this was on my wife's top two that she wrote in. She said, in well, in the article, they said, Devin Sawa. Do you remember Devin Sawa? Yes. Okay. I had no idea who this guy was until my wife brought him up when we first started dating. And I'm like, who is this? Who? And then I looked <laughs> up and I'm like, 
the kid from Casper. I'm like, oh, okay. I didn't even remember him. And then, and then she's like, well, he's in Little Giants too. Giants. He's um junior from yeah. little giants and i'm like yeah. oh well yeah okay if we're gonna start start with that don't start with casper <laughs> you know what i mean um and then i know she's she, there was a movie she loved it was called idle hands where like he gets his i want to say his hand is chopped off and he's like a zombie but his hand has a mind of its own or something. i remember she, i watching it with her when we first started dating and i'm like this is the stupidest movie i've ever seen <laughs> She told me, she's like, oh, my God, I was obsessed with him. You know, Tiger Beat magazines ripped out and taped on her wall and stuff like that. So uh, and apparently BuzzFeed agrees because, um, yes, there, there is there is a bunch of people that wrote in saying they were obsessed with Devin. I say Devin Sawa was one of the ones on my wife's list as well. Really? Okay. That's yes. And now, it, it, so for, it, for her, she, she's like, yeah, from Little Giants. Right. So she she pulled it right from there first, and then um, also him being in Final Destination. Oh God, yeah, I forgot about that one. Yeah, I still remember that came out the year I was in middle school, and I did not go because I didn't want to go because I was too afraid to fly. But that came out the year uh, I was in middle school, and our our French class was going to France. And I want to say the beginning of that movie is them getting on a plane, isn't it? Yes. To go to go to France. Maybe I don't, I don't know where they're going. I, yeah, I, I don't know where they're going. But I remember there was quite a few people that were freaking out uh, when oh, that yeah. movie came out in middle school. <laughs> um, all right, let's go to your number four. So my number four is Amy Jo Johnson, aka oh, Pink, Ranger. Pink Ranger. Yes, she is number one on this BuzzFeed list. I'm looking at. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> yeah, I mean she. So I. And my wife still holds this over my head because I mean she she and her brothers watched like all and every rendition of Power Rangers. Okay, I literally only watched Power Rangers the for first... maybe yeah maybe a year or two at most. The original cast is all I know, and I, I don't Correct. know there's space and you know prehistoric. I don't know any of that when I see that exactly. Pop yeah, and, and so I'm like. If it's not Amy Joe Johnson, I, I don't really not care who's playing Pink Ranger. Yeah, <laughs> that's that that's a that's a posing a poser Pink Ranger. That is not yes. the real Pink Ranger I grew up with. Uh, yeah, one hundred percent. It still blows my mind, and I and I'm assuming you probably knew this, but like as a kid, I did not realize that technically all the fighting scenes was from a Japanese show, and then they just yes. filmed. You know, the, when they didn't have their helmets on, that was a separate filming crew. I'm like, I had no idea. And as a kid now uh, yeah. going back, like, I can't remember what channel or what streaming service it was on for a while. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to go back and watch one of these old ones because I want to know. Yep. It it did not hold up, number one. And number no. two, it was so painstakingly <laughs> obvious that they were literally two shows just mashed together. Uh-huh. Um yeah, oh, so and, and I agree. That was something I didn't learn about no, until right over my head. being like a teenager or something. And you're like, oh, man, okay, yeah. yeah the film quality changes very quickly in between these cuts. I don't know what happened, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, since since you brought up uh, the Pink Ranger, I'm gonna let's see who else can we go. Okay, that one I don't want to pick because I have a feeling that's gonna be a, a big one. Um, I right, this I'll I'll bring up the other one my wife brought up so I don't forget hers. And that was Saved by the Bells, Zach Morris. Uh, yeah. She said that was her guy growing up. You know, she's a few years older than me. I, I don't know where you stand on Saved by the Bell, but like I totally missed. Like, I remember watching it occasionally, like when it was on reruns on like TBS on like a Saturday afternoon. Mm-hmm. But like, I couldn't tell you when it was brand new. 
But um, like I totally missed the boat. I didn't watch any of that growing up. I don't know about you, but I, man, this this can tell you a lot about me. So, <laughs> um, I would on school days intentionally wake up early to watch Saved by the Bell. Really? I would get uh, so they would have it on from at like either from six to seven or six thirty to seven thirty. I would get up every morning before my parents were up, before my brother was up, and I would go downstairs, turn on Saved by the Bell, grab either Chips Ahoy or Oreos, eat <laughs> those because so, I knew my parents weren't going to wake up yet. Right. And right. grab like a, a can of pop out of the fridge. It's like, okay, I'm going to start my day off like this. Yeah. And it was it was every single day um, for uh, probably a good handful of years. I mean, I watched Saved by the Bell into the college years and stuff like that. When, oh, man. When oh, man. Had... You, were, you were really all in. Yeah, I, I was definitely into it. So um, I, I can't say that I'm shocked that you know your wife yeah, you know, chose she, Zach she chose Morris. Him. Yeah. Now, why she chose him over you know Mario Lopez and right. you know, AC Slater I, again to each his own. You know, yeah, I don't. Gosser was a bad looking dude, but right. I, I don't. Well, you know, c- compared to those two, I don't know how how I managed to stick around for the last 14 years. But uh, <laughs> I've, I, it's mu- it must be my winning personality. That's what it's got to be. But it's because you didn't, re- you aren't Screech, so you're still. Well, that's true. You know, <laughs> now, now if I ask her which one of the three guys from Saved by the Bell do I most make her think of, she'd probably say Screech because I, I don't think it, I know it's not AC Slater, and I I don't know I don't think I can pull. Maybe I'd be Mr. Belding, I don't know, which is weird. And that's a whole nother problem, but I digress. Um, nice. All right. What, what do you got for your number three? So my number three is Jessica Beale. Oh, seventh heaven. Yep. Mary Camden. Yep. That was, I remember I even watched that show for a little while. Yeah. I, I remember that was like a big deal. That was a WB joint, wasn't it? Yes. Channel yeah. nine. I, yeah. I got, I got caught up watching that for, you know, a period of time um, and not consistently on and off, but it was, you know, you're like, Oh, who's that? And yeah. then, you know, so you, know, she had that and then, you know, had uh summer catch with, mm-hmm. I remember Jr. watching that. Yeah. Yep. And, and, you know, there's a couple scenes in there where I'm like, okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and now she's married to Justin Timberlake. How weird is that? She is. She is. And, and I mean, did not see that one coming. No, no, definitely not. Um, but I, th- I think that, um, you know, you talk about, you know, other, you know, 90s heartthrobs and I, and really he almost, he kind of falls into more of the 2000s. Early 2000s. Yeah. But that still fits within kind of the range yeah, of the realm. Of what yeah. this topic is. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. Summer, I remember Summer Catch. I'm like, I remember that actually enjoying that movie. I remember, was it Freddie Prince Jr. was the yep. main guy in that? In yep. Matthew Lillard, I think was yes. in it. And I want to say was, was Fez in that? Not Fez. Wild, uh, Wilder Valderrama. Wilder Valderrama was in Man, there. Why? Yep. Why do I remember this? But yeah, I. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I remember that. Um, yeah, that was that was actually a decent. I mean, like on the list of baseball movies, not my top five, but like agreed one that I, if it was on and I had nothing to do, I'd watch it. You know, one hundred percent agree with yeah, that. That's a, that's that's a good pick. All right, I'm gonna throw this one out there. I'm assuming. I think I'm in the minority. I did not watch this show growing up, much like Saved by the Bell. This was this would have been a TGIF ABC Friday night show. 
And I don't know why we just never watched it. Uh, but on this BuzzFeed article, she is ranked number four. And that is uh, I got to get her name because I don't know her name. Actually. Oh, God. The article doesn't say her name. All right. Well, the, her, oh, it, it, yes, it does. And that is Topanga from Boy Meets World. I believe her name is Danielle Fisher. Does that sound yeah, right? Danielle Fisher. Yeah. Um, yes. Thank you. I I have no recollection of ever watching this show. But on but on this BuzzFeed article, people are losing their minds about it. Um and apparently there's an episode where Corey cheats on her. Yes. And and like it was like earth shattering to anybody who saw it. So yes. And I'm um, trying to remember the actress that he cheated on with because I can picture her because she was she it was an actress who probably a, a BC level actress. Um, but she she kind of played this like badass that you know just was kind of like new to school or something, if I recall correct. Apparently or it someone. was Linda Cardellini. Ah, yes. That's she it. was yes. in what was she in? She's been in Freaks and Geeks. Freaks and Geeks, Scooby Doo, Dead to Me, uh, Green Book, <laughs> Legally Blonde. Apparently, I don't remember her in Legally Blonde, but yes, that is her. I do remember her. Yes. Yes. No, Li- yeah. Linda Cardellini is, um, she, she would not have made this list for me, but okay. she would, ha- I could easily put her in a top five in a, a couple other lists that I could probably think of. Sure, um, sure. As just definitely being, especially playing, you know, Wilma and mm-hmm. Scooby Doo. She, <laughs> she she made that look very well. Right, right. Yeah, Wilma wasn't so bad after that, right? Right. Um. All right. Uh. Let's see. What are we on? Your number. My number two. two so number my number two, two okay. was Topanga Lawrence. Topanga. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. And and I mean, so I definitely watched Boy Meets World pretty religiously. Um, that was just one of the shows that was always on in our house. Um absolutely loved it i mean to this day and it's funny my my brother-in-law and sister-in-law live in plainfield and there's a street that we have to turn down leading to their house and the name of the street is feeney so every time we turn down that street and my i get yelled at every time especially if my daughter is sleeping in the car i just yell feeney and my wife gets pissed because she's like you're gonna wake Shay up. And I'm like, I don't care. It's Feeney. You can't not do the Feeney call every single time. Oh, you have to. It's, it's, I think legally you have to do that when you see <laughs> Absolutely. that. Absolutely. So love, love the show. So yeah, Topanga was an easy, easy number two for me. Oh yeah. With, without a doubt. I agree. Um, I, I can't fault you for that one. All right. I'm going to go. Let's see. Who else do we got here on this list? There's, there's, there's some ones that I'm like, oh God, I haven't thought of this person in forever um let's see here okay uh where do you uh, okay here we go we'll go with this one this is another boy meets world and that is Ryder strong yep he played sean he played sean the you know yeah. again i didn't watch it the only thing i remember, i know Ryder strong from is from god i saw this when i was in high school cabin in the woods oh okay. yeah 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 uh and that was that was like one of the first horror movies i ever saw and, and i want to say everyone ends up dead in that movie spoiler alert um but yeah again a uh, bunch of people writing in i think it's funny Ryder strong gets all the love for heartthrob but apparently Corey did not because he is not anywhere on this list he's ben, he was kind ben of savage got zero love whatsoever he's kind, he was kind of nerdy you know what i mean so oh yeah <laughs> but um the, the only other thing i'll say too and i know we we talked about this a little bit before the show started um and he is he is on this list as well before we get to your number one that is good old Jonathan Taylor Thomas, uh, mm-hmm. who I 
I feel like he kind of fell off the face of the earth, or maybe that's what he wanted. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and like I was telling you before the show started, he, apparently I saw a meme. He is now older than Tim Allen was when Home Improvement started. So I am. I feel ancient at this point. Right? Um, yeah, man, time just keeps moving on. I don't know about you, but like I, I look and I'm like mid thirties. I'm like, I, I still feel like I have the mentality of a kid though. Like I look at my daughter and I'm like, how am I responsible for you? Like who, right? who, who said this was okay. I feel like I'm pulling one over on somebody. So no, 100%. I, I mean, it, and like using, you know, JTT as a, as a point of reference, I, I think there's also a little bit of psychological, you know, piece that plays into that because he was genuinely older than the role he was playing yes he was that's true yeah he wasn't you know 16 when he was playing you know a 16 year old he was you know well into his 20s when he was you know playing a 16 year old yeah because i want to say he was older than the guy that played the oldest brother yeah yeah brad right Mm -hmm. yeah so um yeah man I, I I won't speak for you because I know you're younger than me, but man, I'm old. Um, all right, let's. You're younger than you. Let's uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's go to your number one. Uh, wh- who do you got? Who makes the the top premier spot for you? Uh, if my number one isn't um easily guess easily guessable, um, from anybody who's been listening for the past fifteen minutes, I'd be surprised. Uh, but going straight back to say by the bell, it's got to be Kelly Kapowski, sure. Tiffany Amber Theason. I mean, and I think I think I actually liked her even more in the movie Son-in-Law. Oh yeah, okay, you're right. I do remember that movie. Yeah, I mean she she was for me the you know like okay if that's what girls are going to look like in high school, I'm really excited to go to high school. <laughs> <laughs> right, high school is not going to be so bad. It's right? going to be okay. Right. And and, yeah. I th- and it's funny because I, you know, there were so many, so many articles, like you said, like you had that BuzzFeed mm-hmm. article. I looked at so many articles where, you know, she was the number one kind of hands down across the board, but there were so many other people that were commenting like, oh no, Elizabeth Berkeley was absolutely like the smoke show as Jesse. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I, I don't know. There was, for me, I never found her attractive in any mm-hmm. way um, where like, I don't know, Kelly Kapowski, just anytime Zach would do something wrong to her, I'm like, man, he's, he's a dick. Like you don't yeah, do that. He's, Kelly. You don't, you don't do that to her. <laughs> you treat her right. 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 Oh, <laughs> uh, that's awesome. All right. Well, like I said, the, the, the write-ins I had were from my wife. Were there any other people? I know you had reached out. Anybody else message you or any other honorable mentions you got? Yeah, I had. Um, so my honorable mentions, I also had Rachel Lee Cook. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt. Okay. Um, I was I was a big Baywatch fan, so <laughs> but I'm, I'm not okay. going to go with the assumed Pam Anderson because I as attractive as she was, I always found Carmen Electra to be more attractive. Okay. Okay. Um, and then you know she married Dennis Rodman, who left her for himself. Yes, um, that, <laughs> that's true. Man, the '90s were a weird time. It was so crazy. And and then the last my last um, honorable mention is actually her. So her name is Debbie Dunning. She played oh IE yeah on Tool Time on, on, on Tool Home Time. Improvement. Yep, yep. Good <laughs> so call. That's a good I, pull. Everybody loves Heidi. You, you couldn't not. No, 
she was the the uh, the foil to Tim's stupid ideas. Him, her, yes. and Al. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And uh, as far as write-ins, um, I had my wife, so JTT, Devin Sawa. She also had uh, Leo DiCaprio. She had Freddie Prince Jr. Oh yeah, Ryder Strong, J- Justin Timberlake, mm-hmm. and the last one that she had. I'm like, really? Why this guy? And then is I'm glad that she didn't say because of Dawson's Creek because I'm like at that point that's where I'm like he definitely I felt lost any chance <laughs> of, of good looks. Um, but Joshua Jackson, she's like oh, because of him as Charlie Conway. Charlie, she, she thought mighty, Charlie yeah. was just the cutest. Captain Duck. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That okay. That's your what your wife. She that she sounds cool. If she can reference the Mighty Ducks, we're we're good. So oh yeah, she she's she loves the Mighty Ducks. She's all about it. <laughs> all right. Well, uh Chris, you've made it through your first real episode. I know the last one we did was our interview with you. You've made it through you've made it through an episode of baseball and whatever. Uh again, thank you so much for uh appreciate it. For reaching out and uh, helping out with this one again. If you uh, want to reach out to the show, you can find us in a variety of ways: YouTube.com/slash baseball and whatever, Twitter at baseball and what, email the show baseball and whatever at gmail.com, Instagram at baseball and whatever. Find us on your podcast app of choice, and you can text in or leave a voicemail at one at nine one three eight zero eight three two seven eight. So, um, I'll be back at some point next week. I know we are working on another interview with one of the guys from CHGO, but maybe this time a Blackhawks perspective. So I'm kind of excited about that. That'll be a little bit of a tease. We'll see how that goes. Um, And that's all I got. Uh, Chris, anything else you want to share? Plug anything you got? No, I I appreciate the opportunity. Vinny, I hope you make it through tax season and and don't, uh, don't want to, you know, not come back to this i mean don't get wrong i would love to be and, and take another you know fill in co-host yeah, spot um, for sure. the opportunity presents itself but you know at the end of the day this is Vinny's spot i don't mind you know jumping in on a on a random episode yeah. here and there as you know the socks guy as the you know whatever you want me to be i'm happy to be <laughs> it <laughs> well again chris thank you a ton we appreciate it and uh we will be back next week with more baseball whatever take care guys you still here it's over go home